Hey guys, what's happening? It's Brandon. So I'm bringing back Alex onto the show for today and we're going to talk about value investing and more importantly, how that is going to help you in this market right now. Because right now, guys, we're in a state where the market, the government, everyone, the media, they're telling us false sense of hope. And, and this false sense of hope is not something you need to be hearing. It's not, guys. And so we're hoping that this show today will help get you in the right direction so that you are ready to invest for your future. Stay tuned. Good afternoon, guys, and welcome back to Be Mike A Bunch of Talks. On this podcast, we talk about financial education, what you can and can do throughout these volatile markets. And today, Alex has come back on the show. We're going to talk about some really interesting stuff that's happened this last week and you know, some big news events I think you guys should keep in, into consideration when you are investing. So, Alex, thanks again for coming back on, man, and welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So let's just jump into this real quickly. Um, I want to talk about like kind of something very interesting that I, I came across here this last week. Um, the DJ actually, if I'm not mistaken, it was at all-time highs. I think was it at 30? Just oh, the Dow just, Jones. Yeah, just just hit 35 this week. So yeah, it seems like it's it seems like everything's getting along just fine, or it, it's the illusion looks that way. I don't know, but. Uh, it's hard to believe. I don't understand why it would be at all-time highs. Absolutely, and you know it's interesting because it hit thirty, just just under I think thirty-four thousand five hundred, and then we had a little bit of a correction there. I would I would probably say less than ten percent, but it's enough to see a red week um, here in terms of candle structure. And you know I, I want to you know follow up with that because we see that in the Dow, I saw an S and P, and then even in some of these commodities too. So let's talk about gold and silver. Um, Gosh, what is it? Gold's now at seventy. I mean, as of this recording, it's seventy. Um, sorry, seventeen sixty-four. So I mean, um, we saw. That's what the spot price says. But good luck buying an ounce of gold for seventeen sixty-four. <laughs> I think you're going to be like at least eighteen fifty. You know, these premiums yeah. just go higher and higher and higher. And why? Why are they so much higher? Uh, it's because there's some fishy business going on here. And it's obvious at this point, you know, why why aren't the prices higher? You know, if they're printing hundreds of billions of dollars per month, why is the gold price not, why is it not going up? Silver too. Yeah, I mean, silver, what, uh, silver as of this recording is $25.82, again, spot price, not including premiums. Um, that's interesting because, I mean, I think gold and silver kind of follow a similar structure. I'm not... They act independently, but I just find it interesting that this week, along with uh, a red week in candle structure, we also see kind of a red in alternative assets like gold, silver. Um, I noticed even in cryptocurrency, we had some uh, dips or nothing too extravagant. We're still um, cradling here at, at a kind of low two. I mean, for Ethereum, low two thousands, mid low um, thirty thousands for Bitcoin. But um, one more thing I wanted to mention. Take, um, Take a mention out here is crude oil. Crude oil is at seventy-one dollars a barrel. What do you? What is your thoughts on that? And where do you see that um, kind of future? Oil is the most versatile commodity there is, and silver is a close second. So silver and oil are something that I particularly are paying very close attention to. Uh, they're very useful, and we see the uses. Almost everything we own has oil in something, you know, and it, whether it's the plastic or, you know, it just, it just depends. But oil is something that we're paying attention to, especially if there's a war, <laughs> you got to have oil. Uh, I don't know if that's coming or not, but you got to have oil. There's definitely a lot of tensions, or at least it seems that way. And so oil is very good. I, I don't see any reason why it would go lower. I mean, people need to go to work, they needed demand. Now, the reason that the the price dropped earlier and actually went negative, <laughs> so it went negative because people weren't leaving their house. You know, there was that COVID lockdown, you know, all of that, um, and so that made oil not obsolete but like less relevant. And now we're seeing it just say, "Hey, I'm still here, and you need me." So, I, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm bullish on oil. I think it'll go a lot higher. I think commodities in general, I think we've just entered a commodity super cycle. So we're going to mm -hmm. see uh, these commodities go way up over the next, you know, 15 years. And I'm just happy, you know, I'm young enough to enjoy it. Sure. sure. Absolutely. You know, and one last thing, I do want to make a comment here before we start getting into the big news 
for this last week is I want to talk about bond yields. Okay, so personally, as you know, I like tracking the yields a lot because I have you know personal investments right now into that as well. But I did notice, and again, we can segue into um, that's the news event that talks about Powell's indication for the interest rates in 2023. But um, the 10 and 30 yield. Okay, so that's the 10 year and the 30 year bond yield that the U.S. dollar tracks. I noticed that this past week we had another drop off in about I'd say about ten, about ten percent, which again is a lot. Um, but you know we were talking about this here a little bit ago about how um, the government right now is issuing a, like you know hundreds of billions of dollars a month, and then in one door they're you know basically issuing all this debt, creating all this money supply, and then the other door, other door they're buying, and a lot of you know some of that money that they're using to expend. Or in terms of with their purchasing power, they're actually spending it on bond yields. So that's why you know these prices are going down. But one other comment I did want to make, um, and kind of want your thoughts on, this is why do you think the two-year actually increased this week? It went it went the opposite direction. What are your thoughts on that? It's digits on paper or digits on a screen. I don't care about bond yields for. I think that there is some relevance in tracking them, but as far as like enticing me to buy them, uh, no, thank you. I, I'm not interested. Nope. I'd rather have like many other assets informed of like gold, silver. I'd even rather have Bitcoin than a bond. And I'm not even a Bitcoin guy. You know, I'd rather have trees, seeds, you know, anything that produces, I'd rather have that than a bond Paper. yield. Even if it is like two, two, what is it? Two, five percent. These aren't even going to cover. These aren't. That's not doing it for me. You know, I'm. I need more yield than that. And plus, the bond is so dependent on the government. What are we in confidence in the government? And I am in a very, very, very red state, and we haven't had confidence in the government for a while now. So I don't see it going up. And I just, I don't, uh, I'm not bullish on them. I think that's going to get a lot ugly. I think that's, uh, it's a byproduct of uh, the man behind the curtain, if you will, for those of you who get that reference. It's, it's fabricated. You know, there's so many paper products and paper derivatives that it's sickening, really. So um, bonds used to be great. Uh, now they're not. I think that's part of the fourth turning. Uh, that's part of, you know, this, crisis phase of our government and ultimately will lead to its destruction and if the government is going to destroy itself which seems like it's in the process of doing you know that's it's a very bland it's very obvious i don't think bonds are going to be you know what you want i i don't think that at all uh no i i, I agree with that and you know alex i want to make one more comment before you uh make yours and, and i'm sorry for biting you out there i think it's interesting that the fact that they're buying up all these bonds, and I know, and I know, like you said this is not your forte. Sure. I know, like you said, you, you're you're in commodities, precious metals. I don't. I personally am tracking it right now because I'm trying to, you know, use it as, as a gauge for understanding inflation and what we're going to do in the potential near future. So the reason why you know I'm looking at the two-year yield is because um, actually we can use this honestly a segue into Powell's meeting because I think that also has the indicator as to why that actually increased this week versus the long-term yields actually decreased. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Powell had a meeting this last week. Um, basically, he was going to, you know. Who is Powell? Go for it. No, no, I mean, you answer that question. Who is, no, who is Powell? Jerome Powell? So yes. you're talking about Jerome Powell. That's the, that's the Fed chair. Or I don't really know what he does, but I know he's some, I know he's some affiliate with the Fed. Uh, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He is the Fed chair, and Janet Yellen is the uh, Treasury Secretary. Yes. But, Absolutely. Uh, we're seeing really a merge between the Treasury and the Fed, especially how you mentioned these 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 doors where in one door the Fed is buying junk and in the other door they're printing the money to buy it. And so we're seeing like this merge of, of not church and state. I don't think Powell is very religious. I, I doubt it. But it's definitely yeah. a power and power. It's like it's like a perfect marriage and they're going to destroy themselves and I'm excited to see that happen. I think it's going to be painful for them, especially, and also anyone who's not awake. But the real kicker is if we know destruction is coming, 
what can we do to prepare and not be overextended? You know, there's that Mark Twain quote that comes to mind, and it's it's not what you what you don't know that gets you in trouble. It's what you know that just ain't so. So we know that they're going to collapse. We know that. But the real kicker is when. And I think that's why so many so many day traders or option traders are really finding themselves in, in tough luck right now because they have to basically pick the weather of, you know, a year from now. And there's just no way to know if it's going to be blue skies or if it's going to be cloudy and the whole, you know, financial market is going to be destroyed or brand new. You know, we don't know if the U.S. dollar is going to turn 50 um, or a U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is a bit older than 50, but it's as far as being fiat, the fiat banking system where it's just basically trusting government is 50 years old um, and that's worldwide. I don't know if that will last. I doubt it. <laughs> I, I highly doubt it. Yeah, and I think we'll get into that point to where that trust in government is dwindling we see that, you know, in a day to day policies and these trillions of dollars that they're still, you know, wanting to put out. Um, and it's, and, you know, Alex, it's what what do we do? You know, while we're on the ground here and we, you know, it's so you made this point to me today about how we don't really have a say anymore. Like, who's really representing us at this point? Um, and it's like, what what can we do until then? Um, and I, I just, you know, I, I want to bring up. Um, that meeting, though, real quickly, though, before we get on to our next topic, and what interest rates mean in an increase in 2023? I know it's um, a tentative topic, but I think they, it's important to talk about. Go they, these people have no, do not have your best interest in mind at all. They, you know, say, oh, we're going to raise interest rates and we're just going to steal your wealth less. They are frauds. It's crooks, really. And it's the blind waiting the blind. Anybody who, you know, wakes up and watches Bloomberg and they're like, hey, the Fed says it's going to be blue skies and rainbows. And they're like, yeah, that's, they're in dreamland. They've taken the blue pill, not the red pill. And they're choosing to ingest terrible information. And these people are, you know, we're starting to see people like Gregory Manorino, uh, Gerald Salente, Max Kaiser, Peter Schiff, um, yep. and there's a whole bunch of them. All of them. Uh, Chris Duane. There's a whole bunch of them that are just saying, this does not make sense, even on the basis and the basics of uh, economics, you know, just basic economics. This will not work. This will not work. And the idea that um, prices are transitory. That is like the biggest joke, and honestly, that's the biggest slap in the face or spit in the face. It's like, oh, don't worry about increasing prices, even though they've been increasing for the last 50 years, last 100 years. They're just going to slow down. It's not that big of a deal. Okay, all right. You know, it's like, when are we, now we're supposed to believe you? You know, that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it was transitory in 08. It was transitory in 89. It was transitory. I mean, you can go back to, you know, multiple times in history where the crisis was just transitory. And then what happened? There, there was, you know, abruption or a huge collapse in the housing market or the financial industry. And it's just funny that, you know, you see the same narrative play over and over and over again. And the fact that they think that just because they just rephrase it a couple, you know, they rephrase it and they rebrand it, it's they can get the same message across. But the fact is, like you said, they're just liars, and they they, they themselves are don't just know what's liars. <laughs> and and if I was them, I'd be buying gold. Yeah, but you know, they're 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 not necessarily as intellectually sound as you are. So well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And I guess <laughs> no, we'll. We'll see who's intellectually sound. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe you know we'll continue to live in a dream, and we don't need to pick cherries. We'll print cherries. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll wait for that. And then you know enough of like enough of all the hypocrisy. These people do not have our best interest in mind. And when they say, "Oh, it'll be fine," you know, easy, easy Janet is saying, "Hey." You know, if you need some money, just call up. We'll we'll print some money for you. You know, that is not that is not the way to look at it. Be prepared. Uh, these things go until they don't. There's a this there's an old phrase. That it goes um, things uh, things will go on until they won't. 
<laughs> you know, it's like things will last forever until they don't. And if you can't last forever, you won't. So this is temporary. If anything is transitory, it might be the role of central banks in our in our government and economy. That would be a very wonderful outlook if we could just discard of them and say, hey, no, thank you. We'll just move on without you. And that's what the Bitcoin movement is all about, you know, yeah, getting rid of yeah. central banks. Decentralization. I mean, you look at a lot of the de- DeFi protocols um, that basically eliminate any any central bank, any any need for a third party to hold on to your money, invest it for you, or you know, loan against it. I mean, I, I can go I can go down that rabbit hole, but that's that's not a topic for this um, podcast today because I really wanted to stress in this in in this session here today, guys, is a false sense of hope. I think that is kind of a big takeaway to get from this week um, is the fact that, again, this is just coming from me personally, and Alex, I want your opinion on this as well. Um, when we heard about, you know, they're pushing back, you know, look at the dot plot, you know, we're pushing interest and everything back, just transitory, all this stuff, they're just pushing that, that false narrative, it's going to be okay now, and in the future, it won't be as bad as you think. That's kind of like the narrative they're pushing. And the fact is, guys, that it is so not true. You got to go look at the numbers. You got to go dig your, you know, nose in, into the into the weeds there, and actually do your own due diligence. You got to figure out, you know, what are they true? You know, what 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 is what is the truth? What you know, are they saying is it actually valuable? Can you can you go and invest money into it? Will it make you money? You know, are you gonna lose money that way? listening to what they're saying and so that's kind of what i wanted to stress um talk about here today so what, what are your thoughts on this week as a false sense of hope el salvador and bitcoin uh i honestly i'm rooting for the underdog i hope el salvador and through making bitcoin legal tinder it's like some sort of revolutionary idea and you know wealth flows into el salvador and people start to migrate there and you know, their economy grows great and they start to produce products and actually become, you know, a relevant state instead of a failed state. Uh, that is my potential, my take on what could potentially could be false hope. I hope it works out. I have no idea. But I know that right now, um, if every purchase that you have, every single one is tracked and traced or recorded, uh, is that a free society? I don't know. Hard to say, but uh, it is. It is an interesting, you know, take. Um, so we did see that uh, the World Bank was like, "Nah, we're not going to help you," or NATO, or whatever, whatever deep state, <laughs> whatever deep state uh, derivative was like, "No, we don't support Bitcoin." But then the Bank of England was like, "Hey, we'll we'll support you in El Salvador with Bitcoin." You know, we'll support you, and it makes you wonder. It's, it makes you wonder who the enemy of Bitcoin is, and if it's not the central bankers, uh-oh. <laughs> then yeah. there are a lot of people that need to learn that the central bankers love Bitcoin. They love to be able to sell you some derivative products. So, what's we'll Yeah, and you know, that's a good point. Let's talk about that um, for a minute. Like, uh, how do you identify, I guess, who are your enemies? And, and maybe... You know the phrase that's enemies, even though I would say that they are at one point. They're not. They're you know if they're not in your best interest, then I would say they're not someone you should intent you know intentionally trust. If we're an investor, small investor, medium sized investor, and they're not out for our best interest, i.e. the government, Federal Reserve, anyone like that, who exactly then can we trust? Who who is someone we look at um, that maybe would have our best interest at heart, other than ourselves, obviously? But I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, trust no one. And that is the truth. <laughs> trust no one. Don't even trust me. Just if it makes sense to you, and it's like, okay, you know, I'm starting to look at facts and I'm looking at this objectively, uh, not subjectively like, oh, I love blue skies, but I, because they're blue. No, no. I love blue skies because it's a wonderful day and you can enjoy the nice weather, not because of, you know, some particular. So look at the facts of what's going on and listen to different opinions you know, there's a, there's that old saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, or the enemy of my enemy is my financial opportunity. And so I think just following that, um, that you can start to get an idea of, okay, we know the central bankers are printing money at a fast, 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 fast rate. We know that. Okay. We know that. Um, 
But what we don't know is when it's going to stop and how much longer it will last until people are like, enough, get out of our country, go move to some, go to Cuba, all of central bankers can live in Cuba, uh, all of them, that's it, everyone else can come, you know, everyone leave. It's kind of like uh, we're sending we're sending our diseased, our diseased people to like some island. We'll just send our central bankers there, okay? Right. <laughs> They're diseased <laughs> enough, and we'll just send them all there, and we'll just move on, and you know, we can just move on from that. Hopefully, the takeaway from what this Bitcoin movement will be or could be is that we don't need them; they need us, and that is the mentality that we we have to have. Uh, the enemy of my enemy is my opportunity. If Bitcoin is the is the enemy of the central bank, great. If gold or silver uh, defined defied, if if that not in paper markets but in real like ounces, weight, real tangible objects, if that's the enemy of the of the the banking system. That's my opportunity, and I think that's why we're seeing these Wall Street silver movements get bigger and bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger and stronger because their weaknesses have been exposed, and now people are capitalizing it on it, and they're saying, hey, we're going to buy this silver at 35 bucks an ounce, and we're going to watch you suffer, and we're going to buy it at $40 an ounce, at $100 an ounce, $200 an ounce, $300 an ounce, 10000 you know, until it gets to where it's like, okay, these prices are are bubble. But we're really not seeing gold bubbles in gold and silver. And that just makes you wonder why. Why push bubbles in real estate? Why not push bubbles in precious metals? Why? Why? You know, and so to circle back to who should you trust, trust your own intentions. If you have clean in- intentions and you're like, hey, you know, who should I trust? Start to research, start to read books, go to the library and go and go and look, go look outside your smartphone. That's a really good, you know, opinion there, because I know personally, when I first started investing and just learning about the markets, I trusted a lot of, you know, people that I saw on the Internet until I started reading books, until I started to actually do my own due diligence, investing on my own, losing money. And then I learned real quickly that, you know, there's a very small hand, you know, small amount of people even then you could you know listen to maybe acquire some good information but then at the end of the day it's really you that you can um in your attentions like you said that you can really trust there are people that have been calling this for decades decades i went to a garage sale the other day okay just a garage sale you know i I live in a good neighborhood and i was like hey maybe they got some you know some some deals so i'm looking through their books that's one of my favorite things because you can buy cheap books and i'm seeing this one that was printed in like 1980 um how to prepare for the coming financial crisis buy gold (laughs) is what they recommended in 1980 and so that's like you know the price is what doubled since then tripled since then right they would have just said buy silver it would have been it probably is up 30 times since then i mean or 15 or you know they're huge numbers and so and so go find a book go to a garage sale and look for finance books i've noticed that that's that's great you know i found a a copy of milton friedman's um free to choose in wonderful condition at like a thrift store for like 50 cents and that's 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 essential you know milton friedman is a classic economist and really you know did a lot uh, in the terms of awakening and and bringing people, you know, being like the grandfather of the grandfather of their economists of today, you know, probably very similar to Peter Schiff. These are libertarian minded people that want freedom. They don't want control, you know. Yeah. So find some books, check your resources, find some books, check your resources, guys. That's, that's some great advice. And that's something I wish I got when I was 15, 16, even 17 years old, when I was stuck up on my phone more often than not. Um, Oh, sure. You know, honestly, can we talk, talk, you know, touch on something real quickly, actually two points that I want to mention, but one I want to actually really focus on. The first thing is, um, guys, something, Alex, that really has actually helped me learn personally. Like I said, peer-to-peer, you know, man-to-man, we, we've actually learned a lot, from, I mean, from each other just in the short time we've known each other. But I know one thing that stuck out with me is 
the stress on, on value investing, value and investing. Um, value investing. Yeah, you know, yeah, basically investing yourself, your money, um, your time into something that's going to produce value. Um, and I, I kind of want to touch on that for a minute, Alex, if you don't mind, because uh, sure. I, I, I kind of want to just start giving this When people ask that- me what I'm doing, okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. When people ask me what I do, I say one of two things. I'm a real estate developer and I'm a value investor. That's it. Um, and so sorry to interrupt you, but that's, that's va- it's very clean. You know, everybody today is like, hey, I'm a day trader. No. I'm a, I'm a value investor. I'm a real estate guy. I like things that pay cash flow. I like things that, you know, produce products. I like value. And that's one of the things in our relationship has been really neat is, you know, people learn value so quickly. I learned it very quickly. Once I learned it, I was like, okay, I'm never going to forget this because it's not that hard. It's pretty simple. Just in the short time that we've been um, friends and, you know, it's been growing. It's been a while now, but you're picking it up and you're saying, hey, what's the value in that? So it's been cool, and people learn quick. Absolutely, I mean, and that's it's something as simple as okay, like what is it going to produce me? What what you know what value can it bring to my life? You know, I'll give you guys a great example. Um, Alex, let's, let's talk about your cherry tree for a minute. I think it's such a simple but a beautiful example of what value investing is. Is because um, you know, Alex, t- talk about your cherry tree for a minute and use that analogy to help you know explain that. Yeah, so I've been telling Brandon here that I've been picking cherries for the past like four or five days because we had an unbelievable cherry season, I guess, is we have some we have a cherry tree and usually it doesn't get that many cherries on it, but this year there's like thousands. And like I said, I'm I'm a tall guy. I'm like six four, you know, I'm I'm reaching up, I'm picking these cherries. And I'm picking for like, I've been picking for like five or six days now. So there is a lot of cherries here. You have to go way high. Now I'm having to get ladders and I'm like, there's still so many more. But the the point is, is that cherry tree, all I had to do was like water it or, and really we had such a rainy season. I didn't even have to water it. And it gave me a product, a wonderfully delicious cherry and cherry seeds. I could grow more cherries. Also, you know, you can make cherry jelly. It's all these all these derivative products are now open. I can make, you know, cherry pie, cherry, cherry this, cherry that, like Forrest Gump, you know, fried cherries, any cherry. And, <laughs> you know, I can do all these things because this tree produces value, which is in the form of a cherry, which allows me to sell it, profit it, exchange it, share it, barter, you know, trade. There's all these different, you know, new come opportunities just because of one cherry tree that my grandpa planted probably 20 years ago. And so it's these, it's this mindset of instead of, Hey, I'm day trading today. I'm going to buy this option. I'm going to sell it tomorrow. Okay. That's cool. I guess, but you can plant this tree. It'll probably cost you like $5 today and you can have 300, 400, 500. You could have a ton of cherries tomorrow. You know, just for the price of today, you know, in 10 years, you could have a lot of cherries. And so it's really, it's just this idea of thinking long-term, what actually has value? Can I eat this? You know, can I, you know, can I do these things? And you can't eat options contracts, but you can eat cherries from a cherry tree. So. That's beautifully put. Thank, Thank you for explaining that, because I think that's something that, our listeners can take away from this, you know, even in a false sense of hope, even in this society where we're being fed this information and this false propaganda where it's like, everything's going to be okay. Let us take care of it. Just keep holding on to our, our treasury notes. And I promise you, your debt will take care of you. And, you know, in, in that, in this society where, you know, what a we joke, want- you know, what a, what a <laughs> joke. it's like, literally, it's like, it's comical at this point because I've, I've been seeing this for a minute now and I'm like, wow. They, uh, Frank Sinatra has a song. It's called um, "Same Old Song and Dance," and he's basically singing. He's like, "I can't believe I've fallen for the same old song and dance." If you're falling for the same song and dance, you should know by now. <laughs> you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. Um, and I don't even know the J. Cole ending of that verse, but fool me three times, we're not talking peace any longer. You guys are talking about wealth. Um, they're stealing wealth 
from all of us every day of the week, twice on Sundays, and we are we are watching it live, and yet they give this, it's fine, you know, it's transitory, like it's a comment, like inflation is a comment and not an action. Let me, for some of the newbies out there, inflation, very simply, is an increase in the money supply. That's it. That's all it is. Consumer prices increases happens because of the increase in money ter- money money supply. So if you start playing Monopoly and a boardwalk is like what five hundred Monopoly bucks, yet you add the banks and the cash from like three Monopoly games, how much is that boardwalk now? Ten thousand, five hundred thousand? I don't know but I know that it goes up significantly. And so that's where we're at right now is we're playing Monopoly. You and I are playing Monopoly in our small towns and our, in our nice small towns with people with good values. And the bankers are like, Hey, we're adding this bank, this bank, we're adding free money. We're adding all this money from these different Monopoly games and it's messing everything up. And it has been for 50 years now, at least the seventies were notoriously terrible for inflation it really destroyed the home value system. I mean, some people, those who could survive, survived it and got through it and evolved. But this time it might be much, much worse. I mean, look at what's happening in in Turkey right now. The lira is trash. Um, I mean, uh, look at Iran. Iran Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's not it. Zimbabwe was terrible. Zimbabwe used to not even be called Zimbabwe. That was Rhodesia. <laughs> so fun fact for for anyone, they had a republic and now they evolved into a empire type deal by printing all this money. And now, and then they went through genocides and these color revolutions and all this mess. And, and not one in a million understand that it's inflation that's causing all these problems. And, and what's great is there was people vocal people, Milton Friedman, Peter Schiff, all these people who are saying, this is wrong. This is destroying our values as a country. You're destroying the value. You're destroying our value system and we know who you are and we're not going to stop calling you out until you're gone because what you're doing is being a parasite and we are sick of parasites. So, No, I agree. And, and you know, you know, it's funny is, you know, parasites can seep into a lot of different things. You know, they can squirm their way into a lot of different places and cracks and, you know, nooks and all, all those places. Like healthcare, like, you know, COVID vaccine, like all these different things that the government squeezes itself in. Newsflash, the government doesn't own anything that it didn't take from someone else. They don't have hands. The government does not have hands. It only has employees that types paper and checks out offices and obviously a small government is more manageable than a large government i think that's kind of where we should go back that's what our founding fathers had in mind but the government doesn't have anything it didn't steal from someone else the the free market innovates and then the government regulates and then the government eventually appropriates and they say oh we don't think you should have it you have plenty like you didn't even produce any of these cherries. How are you going to tell me I have too many? You know, you didn't do anything. Stop Absolutely. telling me how to live my life. Absolutely. And I think that's where that, that sense of liberty is trying to come back to America. I mean, I know America at least. I don't know about any other countries. I'm sure there's this, you know, wave is spreading quickly. You know, I guess not just in America but in a lot of the countries. But um, I know personally I've seen it in just my, my close network of investors and Whatnot, but yeah, let's let's start concluding some thoughts. If here. we and may, could I could I just take us one place real quick? And that's absolutely. We're seeing nationalism come everywhere. Uh, Israel Netanyahu is out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Prime Minister absolutely. of Israel is gone, and his replacement is a nationalist. Now, whether <laughs> I got. I don't really. You got to be careful which politicians you trust because <laughs> because they don't produce any products. Uh, and I tell you know I tell some I, tell, I give people that advice is there are two things that I'm skeptical skeptical of and that is uh, well more than two but two of them are pastors and politicians who don't produce any products they live off of the handouts of others which is fine I'm not trying to which is fine to an extent okay 
but I don't want to give these people, you know, the the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, they're probably good people. No, 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 no. I'm not here to decide if you're good people or not. You're not producing any products. You are a parasite off of the population. Leave. And so we're seeing people like uh, Israel going nationalist, France, they are going that way too. Obviously, Trump was very America first. Um, and we're seeing that rise. You know, there's a lot of African countries. Like, kind of what's interesting to me is there was an African president who said, we're not importing, I think, I don't know if it was Ethiopia. I'm, I'm just not sure. But it was one of them that said, we're not going to ship you our cocoa for your chocolate any longer or cacao we're going to keep it here and we're going to make the chocolate ourselves and these swiss people who are like swiss chocolate who have been making chocolate off of the backs of africans native native tribal men or whatever for that hundreds of years are now like sol they're they're um they're out of luck and we're seeing that come these are our resources get your own Stop being a parasite. Stop globalism. We need to grow our own products. You know, if I just ate the fruit out of my garden, I'd be fine. I'd be happy with that. Now, obviously, I'd like to. I like to eat other things too. But it's that mindset of, hey, I'll grow it myself. I'll decide who gets it. And end of story. That's all it is. That's all I got for you. If, if I only grow 10 cherries and the government wants 50, get over it. I only have 10 and I'm going to eat them myself. So it's this idea of nationalism. We're seeing that rise. I think it's going to have a lot of impact. Um, I am i don't know how it's going to end up. Uh, and and you also have to factor the phoniness, the phony scale. Yeah. <laughs> well, how many of these politicians are phonies? <laughs> you know, how many of these actually are nationalists? You know, how many are honest? You know, um, well, I mean, I'd say a good majority of them are actors and they're pretty good at doing it. It's just a matter of, you know, when you put them to the test, you know, I think that, you know, and we saw that too in, you know, recent elections and, and I'm, not, I'm not getting into politics or anything like that, but I mean, basically, you know, where you really figure out the true cards of a politician is when they, when you put them to the test, right? When they have to make a choice, when they have to vote, you know, when they have to, you know, cast their ballot, that that's when you rarely see the true colors come out of who's representing you. And, you know, I, I definitely think in the future, we're going to start seeing a lot more true colors being exposed exactly and you know you got to think that there are a lot of variables going on here and we're kind of getting to this geopolitics here but i think it's really important and i'm just talking about the fundamentals not any politician in particular even though they need to be criticized i'm as good as any to criticize them Uh, but what's important is there are politicians who say okay i'll run on a nationalist campaign and I'll only do it to make sure that it never gets anywhere. There are bad actors. They exist. Now we have to um, be very careful with the trust that we put into them. And that's why, you know, you asked me earlier, who should we trust? I said, no one. Don't trust anyone. Especially today. Especially, you know, they're trying to give vaccines to everybody and, and all this stuff. And uh, if it's, it just reminds me of this quote and it goes, you know, if it's free, you're the product. If it's free, you're the product. And I, I forget who says that. I'm sorry to the whoever said that. But that's that's a timeless joke, timeless quote, because who's paying for these things? Who Who is the product here? Um, you know, something to keep in mind. If it's free, you are the product. I think we actually mentioned that, too, one of our previous talks. But I think that's something so spectacular to bring up. And I actually want to use that to start concluding some thoughts here on, on our talk for today. Um, because, I, you know, that something comes to mind when you say, if it's free, you are the product. And this also ties into what's happening, like I said, in, in the government right now, in um, the world economy, what's happening. And it's the sense of dependency, right? They want you to be dependent on them, to trust them and say, hey, listen, everything's going to be okay. It's all transitory. And that level of dependency and we've also seen some of like you know their policies that they're issuing, um, you know, in terms of you know uh, I know uh, what is it Biden's uh, new ta- uh, ta- um, was it his bill here for the next few years I believe if I'm not mistaken there, there's a good chunk probably like a hundred hundred don't, really don't, don't quote s- me on this but like I don't I'm, really see any of that coming through hopefully not you know taxes do not create wealth 
Um, and I, if I may here, I just don't want to lose this thought because I think it's, it's very important to, to circle back here is we are in this cycle. This is a cycle. We're seeing mm-hmm. people who are like, hey, um, the government's like, please be dependent on us. We are a welfare state. Don't worry about income. We will provide it to you. Yeah. All right. And I think it's just part of the cycle of, you know, strong men, hard times make strong men. Strong men make easy times. Easy times make weak weak men or weak people, weak ladies, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then the weak people make hard times. And if you could, what do you think, where do you think we are on that spectrum? Do you think we have weak people right now or tough people? Oh, we're definitely on the weaker end of the spectrum there. That's that's for sure. That is like a certainty almost. And so I think that the government is just taking it. The, uh, anybody, you know, politicians are just like vultures. They're opportunists. And, you know, they see that there's an aging population. Oh, okay. You know, a little sickness targets old people. You know, they see the opportunity in that. And so we have to be as individual investors, you and I, anyone who's listening, we have to take that into account and say, hey, um, what's going on here is wrong. We need to be mindful. We need to produce our own products, start to get away from this nanny state, this uh, deep state. You know, we need to get away from it. We right. need to get away, and we need to produce our own products. That's that's wonderful. And thank, thank you again for bringing that full circle because I think it's important for people to understand. And like I said, whether it be you know, our, our own age demographics or older, it really doesn't matter. It's just getting back to a central value system where – your morals, your values, you know, what you enjoy in life, like you can keep it and that, you know, you shouldn't be criticized for it. You shouldn't have to worry about paying other people for it. You shouldn't have to worry about, you know, funding someone else's education. It should be you and you alone. And again, that individualism is something that, you know, is slowly coming back. But I think and it's, it's contagious. It is contagious. It is. And it's good. You know, there are good things that are contagious. For example, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, I've been picking these cherries for like weeks now. It's like, this is my second or third week and there's still plenty more and I'm picking them and I'm giving them to my friends and they're like, wow, I'd, I'd have to pay like 15 bucks for these cherries. And just a few, I can just remember just a few years ago, it was like $5 and, and people want to shop local. They don't mind you know, paying more to shop local, but they also, in many cases, will pay less because you're not having to pay for all the miles and all that stuff. You know, for example, in um, a water bottle, you're really paying for the the travel and what it costs to get you there, you know, for dollar waters. You're not really paying for the water. You know, there's plenty of water or there uh, at the moment. <laughs> I don't know about forever, but there's plenty of water um, but you're really just paying for two cents for the, the plastic and then, you know, you're paying for the gasoline. And so you can cut costs as a consumer by buying local and being more individual. Hey, I'm, I think I'm going to start a garden this year and I think I'm going to grow some tr- tomatoes, some strawberries and some watermelon. If two out of three of those work out and you have an abundance, you can say, hey, neighbor, I just grow, I grew some watermelon and cherries and here we are. Can I have some of your pepper? You know, it's that exchange, you know, that individual exchange is what we're going back to. And I don't think anything can stop it. Nothing, uh, you know, God willing, <laughs> nothing can stop that. And so we, we will see how it develops, but it's, it's a mess. Well, I, I'm, you know, I definitely know that you are very bullish on this, Alex, and I definitely will be, you know, following up with you or keeping, you know, our, our viewers and listeners, you know, updated with everything that's going on in the individualist lifestyle that you've created for yourself. I love it, guys. And honestly, I, you know, I, I see myself doing something similar here in the near future as well. Because, um, I think, you know, that's a good segue for us to kind of conclude our thoughts here and start wrapping up this show for today. And I want to do that by doing a Q&A session. It's very, it'll be very short. I have a couple of kind of questions, actually, that was brought up to me this week, but also something I think we can kind of quickly answer and I think if you're a newbie or you know you're getting newer into, into investing and want to start learning how to tr- invest for wealth and not necessarily invest for debt or invest for um, some you know other liabilities that will actually hinder your growth 
as you go out through your journey in investing. So, you know, I want to start off with kind of reiterating and asking Alex again, we'll kind of chat about it, but um, I want to say briefly again, explain it in the easiest, simplest terms of what it means to be a value investor, because I think that is something- Only buying value. Right. And, 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 you know, it's something as simple as only buying value, but, you know, again, even further, Alex, I know we talked about it there in the middle of our oh, session, okay. but- for it, example. Yeah, let's, let's you dive can buy, in a bit. Yeah, so you can go to a coin shop, buy one ounce of silver. You can buy it for like 30, 30, I don't know what the prices are. It depends on your area, but it's around 35 bucks relatively. Okay, 36, some are even 40, and I actually saw some coins that are like 43 or 44 dollars. Regardless, one ounce of silver, that's value. That is literally an ounce of silver. That is what you're buying. The value of that coin is not changing. It is one ounce of silver. That's the weight. It is 31.1 grams of fine silver. That is what you have. It's not some, oh, tomorrow it's $50. No, no. The value of that product is one ounce of silver. So really, to sum up value investing, see things as they are. Take the blinders off. Take the blinders off, look at it, and say, hey, okay, my iPhone. What's the value of an iPhone? Okay, the value of an iPhone is you can make calls, you can text, you can stuff. It's made of a parts. It's very, you know, you can look at it from the part perspective. The value of a cherry tree, what you can do with the cherries, you can, you harvest the, the product. It's real. You can eat it. It's not printed. It's not created out of nowhere. It's created from the tree, and because we planted the tree 20 years ago, we have cherries today. And so that is the value. And so really, we're seeing in real estate today, oh, the value just keeps going up and up and up and up. No, false, incorrect, not not right. Nope, please, no, 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 no. What the value of a property is, is what it intrinsically has, can be utilized for, and that's it. What can it do? You know, it's this utilitarian mindset. Okay, should I buy a brand new Lamborghini or should I buy a work truck? Well... I bet you the work truck will provide more value as far as moving heavy objects, as far as moving produce, as far as moving you name it, okay? You can move a lot more things much easier in a work truck than a Lamborghini, okay? It might not be the fastest, but who, why do you need fast? You know, you need utility. Right. Right. And you know, that's something uh, very interesting actually to make the uh, to you as an answer because I know when I was looking at um, trying to understand how assets actually truly work in your favor is, you know, when you're growing a company, there's two ways you can truly do it with, you know, with have some self-sustaining growth. And that's really what we look for as a CEO or, you know, a manager or vice president of a company is looking for that consistent growth. And that consistent growth is very eye appealing for investors. And so, you know, one of this... Um, Actually, one of the notes that I take down, took down the other day when I was reading this book, if I'm mistaken, it was Thinking Bigger or it was um, Thinking Bigger in Business, something like that. Uh, I, I, I'm missing the author's name, in my, you know, right off the top of my head. But something interesting sure. that he had said was um, learning how to leverage, uh, balance, um, both learning how to balance your, um, utili- your, your utilization and the liquidation of your assets, basically learning exactly. how to use them versus... Yes selling them allows you to grow and scale consistently while still sustaining your actual value as a business because you know i'll give you a perfect example with your cherry tree there's times where you're going to have to use it eat it and also you know use your cherries to sell them for you know for a value profit, to other people sure. profit sure and that's how you can take that profit reinvest it back into your cherries build you know buy more cherry trees or however it may be and so learning how to, again, this is kind of ties into our question with value investing and how it works is when you start buying assets or investing into assets, you got to learn how to make sure, you know, what it produces, you can, you can use it for your own benefit, like, you know, a chair, you can eat it, or you can use it to sell it, to liquidate it, to have it in cash form, take a profit and reinvest it. But the best part is, as long as that is producing consistently and you're using your profits to reinvest it, you are going to consistently grow whatever, whether it's a cherry tree, whether you're, you know, a real estate developer like, like I mean, Alex are, or you're doing anything else in, in the realm of value investing. So um, I think that actually about wraps up uh, the topics for, you know, to, for today and answers that question. Do you have any more last minute comments or thoughts you have? Yeah. 
if you want to find a simple um, if you want to find a simple definition for anything value investing think about how you would explain it to a child i know because i my my little my niece asked me why do you buy silver why do you do that and i I was like, uh-oh, you don't want to ask me that question because <laughs> <laughs> you just opened a monster. You know, I will talk for on and on and on. But really, jokes aside is, you know, we buy for the weight. And the the quick definition and uh, what I told her was um, when you buy a new car and you drive it off the lot, and even if you just drive it off the lot and then circle the block and then come back on the lot, if you say, hey, I want to sell it back to you, they're going to be like, all right, half price. You know, but if you buy one silver ounce, drive around the block, go back to the coin shop, say, hey, I want to sell you one ounce of silver. They're not going to say no. They're going to say, all right, great. We'll buy it back from you, but we're going to buy it to you at spot. You know, you're buying it at 35. We're going to buy it at 30, which is a big difference between, you know, buying a car at 10, you know, 20,000 and you drive it around the lot. And now it's like, okay, we'll give you, we'll give you 11.5. You know, how easy is that to imagine? That is so easy. And that people do that all day long. You know, that is like that that's what happens. But with silver or gold or platinum or whatever, they're gonna say, All right, we'll buy it back from you. Yep. Uh, it's just gonna be, you know, spot. So whatever you paid premium, we'll just we'll just you know, so it's much, much easier. So if you wanna explain something simply, think about how you would explain it to a child. But other than that, I appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. And again, thanks you guys so much for tuning in. That was a beautiful session we had. Um, I guess if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me by email or social media. And like I said, we'll answer any of your questions. But guys, that, that about wraps it up for uh, today and our recap for this week. So like I said, I hope you, get, you took something valuable from our um, our show today, guys. And like I said, there's a lot of stuff to really to go into even deep. Um even deeper than this, like I said, this is service value. This is us, you know, kind of chatting in our thoughts on the market and uh, what's happening right now and what's going to happen here in the future. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. And that, that concludes our show. Thank you. Thank you.